Craig, Daphne, Velma, Raggy, Scooby. Warner Brothers presents Scooby-Doo in Stage Fright, live on stage. Four cool cats, one hip dog, one groovy mystery. Classic Scooby. So bring the whole gang, because it's like one totally Scooby-Doo show. Scooby-Doo in Stage Fright, live on stage. Now through Sunday at the Fox Theater. Tickets on sale now at the box office, Hockey Town Authentics, and Troy and Ticketmasters. Yeah, that'll show it. <laughs> that'll show him how much I really love you. When I kiss him, I'll be kissing. I didn't you. ask for your one man production of a funny thing happening. So on the I'll kiss him morning and night. That'll show him too. I will coo and tenderly stroke his hair. Wish that you were there. You'd enjoy it. I didn't. When it's evening and we're in our tent for two, I'll sit on his knee, get to know him intimately. That'll show him how much I really love you. Thank you. That's my imitation of Frank Sinatra performing in A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. What do you think? Wow. Wow. You said that like you were choking on that. I was. I swallowed like too much air with my soda. You swallowed a bug. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's like January 5th. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Danny. Bah humbug. That's too much because it is my favorite holiday. I love that song. Yeah, it's a great knew, song. I never knew that was the same group that does I Know What Boys Like. Is I it really? Up. Yeah, it's the you waitresses. Know, I think I must have learned that at some point. It's the really their only two like famous songs. I don't. I've actually never heard the real version of that song. I've only ever heard it in Glee when Lauren sings it. Oh, the I know what boys. boys it yeah. sounds exactly yeah. the same because the whole point is that it's sung very mockingly. Mm. There's literally a a part where she goes na 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 na. I have to listen to it. Boys like boys like me. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Pants Are Too Tight. It's the best name for a podcast ever. What an organic transition into the title Thank we've you. done, Molly. <gasps> I'm Molly. And I am her brother, Daddy. And we are the Pants Are Too <laughs> and Tight. And we together, our pants are far too tight. <laughs> well, my pants will be too tight on you. Y- yeah, you're skinny. We get it. Yeah. I am brag. You know, a, little, Molly- <laughs> a little humble brag over here. Yeah. Um... Molly drinks Pedialyte out of one of those said, water bottles. That I they do give think to one of your pairs of pants is in my room. Oh well, there's no way you could have mistaken it for one of yours because when you pick up a pair of my I pants, couldn't have. It's enough fabric to make sort of a parachute out of. Yeah. So why do they keep ending up in my room? I don't know. Maybe someone, someone thinks for the same you, someone size. Thinks it's a jacket of yours, probably. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> I wear sweatpants sometimes. Oh, you take my pants. That's cool to know. No, your sweatpants. I mean, they end up in my room because people think they're mine yeah. for some reason. I can fit in those. I don't own that many pairs of sweatpants. I mean, I guess I used to, and now you've taken them. But It's just one. I really only have, like, one pair of sweatpants that I know where it is and could wear. I recently gave it back to you, but then I think you put it in Ryan's room. I've been looking for a T-shirt I have that I really liked. and Which I'm, T-shirt? It's got Superman and Lois Lane on it. 
I've never seen it. Well, I'm terrified that an ex-girlfriend of mine took it months ago, and I, <gasps> I haven't been able to find it. Oh, I do remember that shirt now that you're saying it. But I'm thinking about it. I think I might have even gotten it after I, that, that girl and I broke up, so I don't know. Mm, it was a ra- It was close. The timing was close. Mm. Good questions. Questions we don't have answers to. Stay tuned. No. In the coming weeks of the pants are too no, tight to find out. because I, I don't want to pursue it. I don't really want to bother that person no not bother that person but to find that if you find it if i don't find it i'm just gonna assume that i'm pretty sure i got it somewhere if not i'll just buy another i liked the shirt a lot it was by an artist named tim levens he does prints on his uh website and it was a really good drawing you i know i know you said prints with a t but But it really sounded like you said prints he does this great prince impression like fred armison on snl so um Danny. She wore a raspberry beret. You know I can't hear that. So here's a fun fact for the folks at home. I don't really know any Prince music, if you couldn't tell that by almost everything about me. But I only know this song that Prince performed on The Muppets um, called... I can't do it while you're what are you singing. The horses wonder who you are. The thunder drowns out with the lightning seas. And you feel like a movie star. Danny, karaoke hour is on Thursdays. They tell you the first time in the great air. But I tell you, anyway, if I had the chance anyway, to do it all again. We've been doing this for seven minutes I and you've sang change two stroke, different songs. But baby, I'm the most. The girl that's fine as she was there. You'll all never oh, know my Prince story. Sorry, folks. I think I love her. Look, if you knew more Prince music, you know it's hard to not sing. It's fantastic. Anywho. Yeah. So anyway, uh, this guy, Tim Levins, he, he, he drew the art that's on the shirt, and I like it. Cool. So what you were saying, Molly, was that you don't know a lot of Prince music, but you do know the song that he performs on the Muppets, which is, of course, Starfish and Coffee. Maple syrup jam. Da, 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 da. In a sad order of ham. Yeah, that song. Yeah. But then at the end of it, he sings raspberry sorbet. So yeah. I always hear that. And uh, yeah. yeah. You remember when anyway. we had that argument with Alex, the co-host of the So Jaded podcast, about whether or not it was weird that that Harry Styles song begins with, uh, the Watermelon Sugar High begins with, it tastes like, like strawberries. Strawberry. I do yeah. remember that. And she, um, her argument was that it was, of course, literally not about uh, uh, a watermelon sugar high, but is indeed correct. about uh, uh, just really just tearing it out. And um, my defense of it was that Prince's raspberry beret, if I had to guess, was not about a beret that it was raspberry colored, uh, but that he still didn't mention that it was like the color of uh, uh, something else. Like he kept fair. it to the thing. He That's kept it fair. To the thing. Sugar Walls by Prince does not suddenly mention walls made out of uh, glucose. Facts. Actually, glucose is sugar. To hear the rest of this argument and debate, please check out our us guest starring yeah. on the So Jaded podcast. Our hit new crossover episode. Yeah, um, we got to guest star on that and Molly, talk about our pet peeves, something we are yeah. experts at. God, but I wouldn't give. I, I love dogs so much. I want a dog so bad. Not, I never had not a, a pet named oh. Jeeves. <laughs> I had a pet named Jeeves once. Oh, did you? Yeah, we should get a we should get a dog named Jeeves. Yeah, I, I'd allow that. Um, so we haven't been on the the podcasting. If I open Pet Finder right now, do you think do you think Mom would be okay with me getting a dog? Because I'm a grown adult. She's really a hit or miss. Sometimes she likes yeah. spontaneous things, and other times, she, I always she'd be like, cool with it for like a week, yeah. and then she'd hate you for it. But she would love that dog. I can't say that for sure. What if I get a good one? 
I can't say it for <laughs> sure. Um, They're all good ones. So we've we've been off the scene for a little bit. We had a nice little holiday break. Um, we celebrated a nice Christmas together. Yeah, yeah, family Christmas here at the house home where we we were living. And I have to say, Danny gave me some pretty amazing gifts. He really. Danny yeah. does this thing where he just buys people a lot of gifts and or expensive gifts so, and he outdoes you and it makes it kind of awkward. That's, I just, I don't like getting gifts, but I love giving people things because I'm codependent. Facts. Yeah. So um, that's, yeah. So I got your boyfriend, Ronaldo, Rodolfo. I got him, uh, I got him the giant Lego Sesame Street set and I got him some shirts and things. But I also... I got him something that just arrived in the mail yesterday <gasps> and I, it's a, he can't, I can't say it cause he might, he might actually still listen to this. Yeah. But so Danny got him like almost as many gifts as I did. Yeah. I, just, I, I love Rodolfo so much. So much so you'll never say his Ronaldo real name. Rodolfo. Um, I got Danny a lot of Whoopi Goldberg yeah, things for Christmas. Did. Molly got me some sick Whoopi Goldberg merch. I collect very few things. I collect toys of Lois Lane from the uh, the Superman comics and TV shows. I love Lois Lane. So I collect Lois Lane merch. I collect the uh, Justice League Unlimited action figures. And I collect Whoopi Goldberg merchandise. What is Whoopi Goldberg merchandise, you may ask? It is anything that Whoopi Goldberg has played in a movie or a TV show, a toy of that. So for instance, Molly got me an action figure of Whoopi Goldberg from Star Trek. She got me the episode where uh, they do like a 1930s detective story. So Guinan, her character is playing like Dolores, who is this, you know, streetwise lady from the 30s. So I have an action figure of Whoopi Goldberg dressed like she's from the 1930s. So like that's a great present. But Molly went deeper. Molly got me <laughs> the toy of Ermintrude from <laughs> Dougal, which is a movie that was dubbed, the magic roundabout that was dubbed into American eyesed English. It was an English movie. Like it was in English, it was yeah. from England, but they dubbed it into Americanized English by having celebrities do the voices and make bad pop culture references, and it's horrible. But Whoopi Goldberg plays a cow in it named Ermintrude, and so Molly got me the toy of Ermintrude from Dougal. I did. Um, you know, she also got me a mini version of Guinan that I had never seen before. Yeah, it was like this minifigure. Dan of her. So a few months ago, Danny and I had looked up all the Whoopi Whoopi Goldberg. The toys that are out there and Mala, itchy, lumpy, we didn't Chewbacca. find this one but when i was shopping for the endless supply of Whoopi goldberg mm. things um i did find this this little one yeah so but i didn't know she was that little when i bought her so i'm a little yeah. like mm, you felt a little ripped off little but bit. i'm amazed because that's perfect because i can put that on my desk at work and people aren't really going to question it so much if i have the full like 12 inch doll of Whoopi that i bought yeah. earlier in the summer if I have that on my desk at work, people are going to go like, Ugh. but if I have my Is little- Is this for whoopee? your future desk at work? Because as far as I know, you don't have a desk at work. No, I mean in the future when oh, okay. I have a career of some kind. Oh, okay. You can put your little whoopee. Like yeah. many people. She's I got a little stand, so she's good for that. Like Even the action figures, they don't really stand as much. I'm so excited. They, um, I believe the Playmates ones, you can get stands. For, oh, okay. Playmates was the company that made the next generation toys, like the whoopee you gave me in the 1930s gear. They also made the like, the tall the tall. barbie sized whoopee that i have yeah mm -hmm. but anyway so molly got me some great whoopee goldberg merch i it's narrowing down the collection so much i think i've got remaining i have to get her. Oh, i got the page master yes she got me one of the figures of whoopee goldberg's character from the page master which as a kid was one of my favorite movies every time we would go to our aunt Susie's house i would like demand to watch this vhs of the page master i loved the page master it's a movie where macaulay culkin's uh, macaulay culkin gets sucked into a book 
because it's like raining outside. He's this nerdy kid who never goes anywhere or does anything. He's going to the library and Christopher Walken, uh, Christopher Lloyd is this like crazy old man who runs the library and he, yeah. Macaulay Culkin gets sucked into a book. And so then he has to navigate through like the three genres of story. Yeah. It's like if the Ghostbusters met Back to the Future met Home Alone. Where, what's the Ghostbusters of it? Just that it's a haunted library? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Right. It kind of has the aesthetic of Ghostbusters, yeah, so I feel. Whoopi Goldberg voices Fantasy, who's this purple book that looks like she's from the Fairly Odd Parents, but of course talks like Whoopi Goldberg, so she's got this raspy voice. And she's, you know, she's talking to Patrick Stewart, who of course plays Adventure. Right. And Patrick Stewart is putting on a pirate kind that's of voice. That's the creepy looking book, right? No, that's you're thinking of horror, oh, who is sorry. the book voiced by Frank Welker, the voice of Scooby Doo. Oh. Frank Welker, who and the voice of so Fred I saw some of him. The voice of Fred Jones since the original nineteen sixty nine Scooby Doo, where are you? He has been pretty much the only Fred uh that I care about. You know, Zac Efron can go to hell. Freddie Prince Jr. is great in a live action movie. Freddie Prince Jr. great in a live action movie. I do not care for the little boy who does it during uh, You're a Pup Named Scooby-Doo because he's a little... I second that. If Casey Kasem got to play little boy Shaggy, why could why could uh, Frank Welker not play little boy Freddie Jones? Now, Frank Welker does appear in several episodes of A Pup Named Scooby-Doo um, as, I believe, Fred's dad and also as um, several of the monsters. Like, I believe he provides the noises for Chickenstein. Yes. The Chicken Frankenstein, who appears in Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. As one of the monsters. Aww. And Linda Cardellini gets to say my favorite line in the movie, Chickenstein. <laughs> Just the way she says it in her Velma voices. Every line she says is perfect. Jonathan Jacobo. Like every. She's perfect. Ah, oh, oh. Linda Cardellini. Was that what I was saying in her voice that one time I did? The one time I, I had think, a good yeah, Linda Cardellini I think you were impression? saying Jonathan Jacobo. I can't do it for you guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's gone. Have you heard the good news? Yeah, there's cookies. <laughs> Such a solid joke. Oh, that's such a good movie. God, those movies are perfect. Perfection. Oh, anyway, um, anyway. so Molly got me a ton of Whoopi Goldberg merch, which was wonderful. It's really helping with the collection. I have to get some more Page Master merchandise because there's like a big plush. There version is, of the book. and I wanted to get it for it's him, but it's fifty bucks. It's so expensive. It's, it's got to be. It's got to be its own ordeal. Another fifty dollar Whoopi Goldberg plush of her character from the remake of Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer that um, Good Times did. I actually found it for like ten ninety nine recently. Well, so. I gotta get. I gotta do some research to find the plush of her character Stormella, yes. the Winter Witch, and the Hallmark Christmas ornament of Stormella. I also have to get, there's a there's I believe a third version of her Page Master character. Oh, there's so many of the Page Master yeah. like, I, I ain't know how many to get. I think Ted Turner was really pushing that to be like a marketable movie and it flopped hard, but at um, any rate. You, I, need, you need some uh, Shenzi. Yeah, from the, from the Lion King. That one yeah. I might honestly ignore because I don't, I like the Lion King's a good movie, but like just tracking down all the Lion King. Yeah, we, we, one might might settle it because there's gonna be way too much I, for yeah, that. Yeah, but you know, I, I've, there's also a bobblehead of her character from Star Trek, of Guinan. So I might have oh, to okay. get that too. There's not really any sister act merch yet, but you know. I've looked. Everything's possible. At any rate, what I got Molly for Christmas, Molly, if you want to tell yeah, them. Yeah, so Danny got me, um, one, a Barbie doll of, Fran Drescher as the nanny, which is insane. So if you'll recall, we did a whole episode about Fran Drescher and yeah. we were like, she needs a Barbie. And then Danny was like, I wonder if there is a Barbie. And he found it and he got me one and he got our friend Becky, who I guess we get to use her real name. Um, the Muppet Hater, yeah. The Muppet Hater. Um, he got her an another Fran one because there's more than one who's in a different outfit. And um, it says on the box, like, you know, she'll never stop talking or she'll yeah. talk forever or whatever. Yeah. 
And this old Barbie does still work and talk. Yes, and it sounds fine. It doesn't sound like, oh, I'm Fran oh, no, It sounds, no, it's, it's Fran, baby. You push it and she says things like, enough about me. You're the real doll, baby. Yeah. And then she also says, um, oh, there's like another, ah, oh, God, what is it? She's got like four catchphrases. She, yeah, it's just kind of four phrases. It's not that many. It's not like those crazy 90s talking Barbies where you could like have a conversation with them. Yeah, no. But she's that really fashionable, hard. and I love it. That's a real, there was a Barbie in the 90s that said, um, there was a controversy at the time because Barbie said something like, math is hard. Is that why there's that Simpsons I like episode? Shopping, yeah, where Malibu where... Stacy says, you know, let's make cookies for the boys. Yeah. She's got a new hat. And then Lisa makes her, uh, her. I forget what she was called. It's Lisa, right? The uh, Lisa also... Lionheart. Yeah. Kathleen um... Turner, the reclusive doll maker who's in love with a real G.I. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> It's Hysterical. over between us. Joke. She makes her feminist doll. I love. There's a joke in that where her, it's Kathleen Turner, who's the creator of Malibu. Stacy walks up to her mantle and talks about all the men that she's loved over the years. She goes, "There was Joe. There was you know, and she, they're all like obvious action figures and stuff. The six million dollar man, Stretch Armstrong, or whatever. And then GI Joe pulls up to her door, jumps out of the car, grabs her, and goes, "Don't you understand? I still love you." And she goes, "It's over between us, Joe. Now release me from your kung fu grip." And <laughs> I also love that the end of that episode is just Malibu Stacy has a new hat and no yeah. one cares about Lisa's doll because I'm a man who's collecting different Whoopi Goldbergs. So. <laughs> so he gets it, guys. The joke of she has a new hat is quite literally how I collect the Lois Lane merch. Anyway. Ah, I mean, and now the Whoopi merch because Guinan, it's all Guinan just in different colors. Yeah. Yeah. The, I literally have two different colored Guinans, one out of the package, one new in the package, one from the TV show where she's in her yellow attire, which Molly got me for my birthday, and one which I bought myself, which is her from the movie Generations in a pink version of the outfit which is what the mini version that you got me for Christmas. Molly, tell them what else I got you for so Christmas. So Danny also got me um, a, this is insane, this is why I want to kill him, because mm -hmm. he clearly updated me. It is a prop from the actual movie musical, The Producers. Mm -hmm. um, it is a playbill of the show Funny Boy. One of our favorite. One of musicals. my favorite musicals, favorite movies of all time, yeah. really. Um, and I'm really touched by the gift I was a little mad because he outdid me instantly. It's not outdoing you. I, I will tell you now, I don't like to be gauche, but in terms of money, it wasn't that crazy or anything. I never believe you because I don't know what that means well, to you. Well, let me say this. I bought, this is, a, this is a revelation to Molly on the podcast. I did buy a second one <gasps> because I was like, I should... Like we, that way we can both have one. It'll be like in Home Alone oh, 2 with the turtle with doves. With the turtle doves. Yeah. Oh, Danny. <laughs> so I have a second one in my room and I assume, you know, if oh. we'll get frames from and stuff. Yeah, like, I, was, you know. I meant to do that at Michael's today. I yeah. forgot. But it's cute because I opened it and I read through it even though I was kind of afraid of ruining it. But yeah. um, they have like the cast from the movie's bios printed yeah. in there. I thought that was really cute. Um, So I'm really stoked about that. They have like that. actual ads from the 50s in there. Like it's, that that's classic like prop designer yeah. shit of like this will never be seen but it's no, but it's like yeah. fully all throughout. It's like every page is filled. It's a 50s real playbill. Cigarettes ad, Love Coke it. ads, yeah. Love it. Um, um, and it's for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah. At the opening of the movie, when they're doing, you know, Max Bialystok's failed play, it's funny. funny boy. Boy. It's a musical version of Hamlet, and then of course later in the movie, Roger Debris, the tasteless director, has loved the musical, and he and Carmen Gia sing to be or, or not, not to be. You mean a lot to me, showstopper. So they uh, did it before something rotten. Yes. Uh, and then later there's the prop on Nathan Lane's desk, which is like a skull with like googly eyes, yeah. on it, which is pretty good. Yeah. But um, I, I thought that was a good idea yeah. for a present. And I was it's going, I was looking for something similar for Ryan from the same movie prop mm -hmm. warehouse in London. Uh, and all they had that was even remotely relevant was they had from Batman Forever, 
the security guards when there's the montage of Riddler and Two-Face robbing places, Mm -hmm. the patch that was on their shirts that says Diamond Exchange Gotham. And I was like, Ryan's not going to appreciate that. I'll just buy Ryan like a real present. (laughs) This was in a movie once. And I'd be like, what do I do with it? Put it on a jacket. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. I thought about buying it then for myself. And I was like, that's not worth it. It seems like. It's not worth like 30 bucks and then the shipping in England and everything. What else did Danny get for me? Danny got me Mario Kart for the Wii U. Yes. Which unfortunately, Ronaldo also bought you. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can exchange that one. Um, It was all I could think of because you just bought a Wii U. I know. And I had like one game for it. Despite the tides of the world shifting toward the Switch several years ago. I did success get that Wii U guys yeah. um, what else did you get me I'm blanking um, Cookie Monster you got me a I little plush, a little cookie, plush monster, cookie Monster because yeah. I'm 23 years old and I love Sesame Street without but shame but specifically the Cookie Monster bit in the Christmas special where he's yeah, trying Christmas to write Eve letters on to Sesame Santa. Street and he keeps eating all the things he that he's he eats a typewriter he eats a phone yeah. and then he'll eat it and he'll say where typewriter go I should have gotten oh. you the Grover. I should have gotten you. I, there was no Grover left. Oh. I should have gotten you a Grover because the the window is locked. <laughs> where he's pretending to be Santa talking to a little kid is asleep. I'm in big, big trouble. <laughs> That's a good bit. I love that. If you haven't seen Christmas Eve on Sesame Street, guys, I recommend it. It is now on HBO Max, mm. but they did have to take out the um, the lyrical version of Feliz Navidad because they don't have the rights to it anymore. I didn't know Feliz Navidad was still under copyright. Um, it might be. I think it's a specific version. Oh, it's like playing in the background. Yeah, people, during okay. the ice skating scene. That happens a lot with old shows. I've talked about this before, but it's my favorite one to talk about because I always mention it on podcast the ride. But Baywatch, which was the dumbest show in the world, they had all these licensed pop songs in the background, but they did. They, no, they didn't have the rights to any of them in perpetuity. So in like, but Baywatch was recently put into like crystal clear. 4k hd <laughs> so that it could be streamed on like amazon prime and stuff and i they had to replace all of these songs so they <laughs> replaced all of them with fake beach boys so it's like people just like some guy in a recording booth who's not anyone just going like ooh, ooh, wah, 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 ooh, <laughs> behind every scene of like one of them is like ice cream is so great like they're not relate like they're just fake pop songs and it's wonderful it's like if you took all the songs from an old scooby-doo mm-hmm. you know like i'm in love with an ostrich like they were just nonsense you know? love that i love it so much what um, else did you get me I'm um, blanking. I don't know. Some other crap. Who cares? The main thing was the playbill from the movie, the producer. That and, yeah. and the Barbie. But I feel like you gave me like so many things. Guys, it was like every time I opened a new oh, present, it was from puzzle. Danny. He gave me a puzzle, which I started working puzzles. on. And then yeah. I didn't have a table big enough to finish it yet. So yeah. I got to get back to that. Um, yeah, I don't know. But a lot of good stuff. Yeah, the doll was the big one that I wanted yeah. to mention. If I think of more, yeah, I'll come back to it. Um, I would like to share with the show... A fun fact I learned. Well, go ahead. So some of you may know this already. And quite frankly, the more I've thought about it, it's possible I once knew this too. But I recently, as in last night, relearned this fun fact. And it's the funniest thing that I think I've ever learned in my life. So you may have heard of the president, Gerald Ford. And you may have not because he wasn't a super significant guy. But we had a president named Gerald Rudolph Ford Jr. And I just found out yesterday that he was not born Gerald Rudolph Ford Jr. His birth name is Leslie Lynch King Jr. Oh, yeah. Not one of those names is the same. So I found this hysterical. I laughed for a solid 15 minutes at this because it's like, why would you pick a new name where not one of your names were the same? Well, it turns out, everyone, that Gerald Ford was 
threatened by his birth father at 16 days old um, with a knife. He threatened to kill uh, Gerald Ford and his mother. So at 16 days old, yeah. uh, the mother took the baby and and left the father. So he was never raised by this man and didn't know Leslie Lynch King Sr. Yeah. He was raised for two years by his mother, living at his grandparents. And then his mother married Gerald Rudolph Ford Sr. So at two and a half, they just start calling him Gerald Ford <laughs> Jr. Yeah. when that wasn't his name for two years. And so he, until he was 17, he thought that was his name. He had no idea for 17 years. But as, that a, that testament, was his name. as a testament to how nice that stepfather must have been. He legally changed his name he when he did. was in his 20s. After he knew, he legally changed it to Gerald Ford. He did. And I thought it was sweet, but I also thought it was hysterical. Because imagine this. You live your whole life thinking your name is Gerald Rudolph Ford. Yeah. Not like the best name, but a fine name, I guess. A fine name. You think this man is your dad. Then you find out, hey, this isn't your dad. Um, your name isn't Gerald Ford Jr. It's yeah. actually Leslie Lynch King Jr., and you're named after someone who threatened to kill you with yeah. a knife. And the reason Molly looked this up, I don't even know if Molly remembers this. It's because we were watching Veep. Yes. Me, Molly, uh, my my girlfriend, whose name is also Rodolfo, oddly enough, <laughs> and um, and our our mom. We were all sitting around watching Veep, and they mentioned we were questioning because in the show, spoiler alert for season two of Veep. Yes. The president resigns, and she becomes president for like eight months, but she's also trying to run to become president. So our question was, if she wins in the show, can she run for a second term? Because technically she has completed more than one term as president. And what Molly found out was that as long as you've served less than two years of the last president sentence, you can run for two terms. So yes. LBJ could have run for a second term. He decided not to. Yes. And according to my resident historian, Elizabeth Salzman. Shout out to um, Elizabeth Salzman, whose name is not Rudolfo. It's, her name is not Rudolfo. She gets a real name. Um, I want a real name. She she told me that this is why it was such a shock when LBJ did not yeah, run. Because he could have. Because he could have. And yeah. the question of the legality of him doing it right. did not come up. So I don't know if the two-year thing is fact, because that was from Quora, that website. Right. But um, I'm taking it as, as, as fact for this QAnon. purpose. But... So then we were talking about Gerald Ford, who, right. of course, took over for Richard Nixon and, and pardoned him infamously. But while we were talking about Gerald Ford, in the episode, uh, Selena Meyer gets confused and accidentally fires the wrong person because a man is named Leslie and she was thinking of someone named, like, Leanne. Uh -huh. They had similar last names. Kerr and Carr were the last names. And so then Julie Louis-Dreyfus' character, Selena, goes, what kind of a man is named Leslie? And then Matt Walsh's character Apparently goes, uh, Leslie Nielsen, Leslie Odom Jr., Leslie, you know, like whatever the famous Leslie's, one of them is like a basketball coach. And then Molly found out that Gerald, Gerald Ford. Ford's real name was Leslie until he was a certain age. Anyway. Crazy. Totally yeah. wild. Had to share that with you all because I think that is the funniest thing I've ever yeah. learned in my life. Molly shared it with her former history teacher, who is my favorite man that ever lived. Yep. And, he actually um, wasn't my history teacher. He was the coach of my academic challenge team, but he oh, so is neither a history of us had teacher. Him as a teacher. No, he's just a great That's man. Um, yeah, I shared it with him because I figured he could appreciate this. Yeah. And he told me that John Wayne um, is not John Wayne's real name. Spoiler alert. Um, John Wayne's real name. Beverly Cleary. Weird coincidence, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's Marion Morrison. Oh, wow. That's a great name, though. Yeah. Well, he changed it to John Wayne. Well, because he didn't want to be called Marianne. And I was like, that's good. But like, we were just talking he about wasn't John Wayne. threatened uh, with a knife. So yeah. We were just talking about John Wayne, not only because he's a Nazi, but because... 
he's in Gremlins 2, but only in the VHS uh, version, true. not in the real we movie. We were talking about him. Um, but that teacher I shared this with yeah. happened to get a question in Trivial Pursuit today asking which president's birth name was, was Leslie, Leslie Lynch, Lynch King, King Jr., Jr. Which makes, which I told Jordan, not Rodolfo. Yeah. Um, I told him about this and he said that's why he actually knew this was from our Trivial Pursuit. He couldn't remember why he knew yeah. it and that was why. So this has been Danny and Molly loosely connect some shit for yeah. 20 minutes. Today's topic, <laughs> no segue, Molly. No segue. No cop, no stop. Going right into it. Yeah. Today's segue. <laughs> today's topic, not today's segue. Let's cancel the show. How long have we been talking? 30 minutes, but the beginning was you singing for a while, so. Okay, so I can cut some of that out. Um, we can get it down to 25. A tight 25 bullshitting. <laughs> okay, here we go. Today's topic is characters in movies who only have like one line, maybe two. Basically or extras. Or like in the background, minor, you know. Minor characters from movies who are so much more important than anything that happens in the real movie and are worthy of our attention and praise. Yeah, they're often forgotten by most of you, but not by us. We remember them, we quote them, and we love them There's dearly. There's an incredible podcast by Matt Gorley. It's called I Was There Too, where he talks to people who were present for famous scenes in cinema history. So for instance, uh, in The Expendables, there's that woman whose baby carriage is rolling down the stairs while there's that big shootout. He interviewed the lady whose baby carriage is rolling. Or in Aliens, he interviewed, uh, 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 gosh, what is it? Vasquez is the one of the uh, one of the Marines. Never seen it. Her name is like Jeanette Goldstein, and he interviewed her. But he also talked about how in Titanic she plays that Irish mom who's singing to her kids while the boat is oh, uh, flooding. Oh, she's in a million scene. things. Yeah, this actor is in a million things. I don't know. She might have been an Avatar, but I might just be thinking of other James Cameron movies. The point is, that's a great show for that kind of thing. What we are talking about is veritable extras in movies yeah. who are important. The example Molly and I came up with of what we're talking about. The yes. perfect example is that lady in When Harry Met Sally, who goes, I'll have what she's having, who is, of course, the director, Rob Reiner, that's his mother in that scene. Yeah, I mean, she's so famous. That's probably the most famous line from that movie. Mm -hmm. And that was just a random line. That happens so many times in movies, but you don't become as famous as that woman. An argument could be made that the most famous line from When Harry Met Sally is, pecan pie. I would like some pecan pie. Danny, I wish that was the most famous line yeah, so no that one. people knew what I was doing when I did that. Pecan pie. Today we're going to talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're going to share some of our favorites of these with y'all today. I know Danny's going to yell at me because I can see that my audio is coming up much higher than his, which means I'm either talking too loud or too You're directly doing the thing the you always do, which is not only do you breathe directly into the microphone so <laughs> everyone can hear you breathing, you never do the simple thing I tell you, which is you just talk slightly off. You're supposed to be talking not directly into this. I know, but okay, so for anyone who's never used a microphone, it's really hard to not feel like you should be talking directly at the microphone. No, you should be talking to me. We're having a conversation. But you know the eye contact. The gas thing. That's why I text during the show, <laughs> so I don't have to make eye contact with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Danny, let's get cracking at our list of fun Let's get ready people. to rumble in this corner, weighing 354 pounds. It is, of course, the So this Titans is how I make up for him singing really loudly in your ears. I guess I just breathe directly into the mic. It's me, Molly. I have breathing problems, okay? I can't control where I breathe. I'm breathing in your ear. That's terrifying. Uh, yeah. Anyway, one of our favorites, Danny... One of our favorites. Maybe my favorite. I don't want to spoil the rest of the list because they're all great, but maybe my favorite. It's a top two <clears> for me. In Back to the Future Part 2, uh, 
we see uh, the footage from the first movie because Chris Ben Glover wouldn't come back. We see the footage of George McFly knocking Biff out with one punch. And then there's the new footage of Marty McFly running up to Biff and taking Gray's sports almanac out of Biff's coat. And then this wormy little guy goes, hey, I think he took his wallet. And then later when Biff wakes up, he goes, I think he took your wallet. (laughs) And then he turns almost to the camera and with such confidence, a a single raised eyebrow goes, I think he took his wallet. (laughs) My favorite character in fiction is, I think he took that guy's wallet. I love it. It's hysterical. Danny must say, I think he took his wallet so many it's, times a day to me. It's especially the delivery of the last one yeah. to the crowd of people. I think he, he took, took his, his wallet. wallet. It's, it's like, yeah, so they heard good. you the first six times you said it, buddy. That actor deserves a medal because he may, like, there are no small actors, only small, uh, there are no small parts, only small actors. Because that guy is indelible in my mind forever. And he's a genius. And all he did was say, I think he took his wallet. So perfect, so funny, and such a great weird joke that just just kind of play. It's like in a beautiful song. You're listening to a gorgeous orchestra, mm-hmm. and there's this lovely music, and and all these instruments are carrying the melody and the harmony, and then like a little flute kind of lilts over the top of it. <laughs> and you're like, that flute is not important to the overall composition, but I love that it comes in at just the right time. That's what it is, because we're heading ah, we're heading into the climax, act three of Back to the Future Part Two, Things are ramping up. There's so much tension. Will he get the almanac? Will Doc be able to send him back to the future again? Not if he gets arrested for stealing that guy's wallet. And then, just like a little flute lilting over this perfect melody, lilting over this beautiful uh, uh, thudding percussion, just lilting in a little bit is the running joke of, I think he took his wallet. <laughs> perfect. Perfect Definitely movie. a really underrated yeah. line in Similarly, cinema history. Now, the Back to the Future of the movies are full of things like this. Yeah. The we la- love them all. We just picked a couple from the, that we like. You know, we could go on forever. The lady who goes, save the clock tower. Like, she's perfect. She never comes back. She's not like Goldie Wilson where he's right. a character. She's just a crazy lady who sets up, but she does set up the premise of the entire finale, which is lightning struck that clock tower and it's 10.04 p.m. It's been stuck at that exact time. Great. The lady with the coffee can going, save the clock tower. Um love her Mm -hmm. you know we could do this forever with these guys the guy who runs the the cafe who goes you can't have a pepsi for free if you want to open a tab you're gonna buy something that guy great i think his name's lou i don't remember Mm -hmm. (laughs) i watch these movies a lot but i think think it's lou anyway sounds right these characters are great but another another example from back to the future too the member of biff's gang who goes there's a guy who goes hey mcfly you bozo hoverboards don't work on water and then another member of biff's gang screams unless you got power and then they all laugh. Unless yeah. you got power guy, you're getting a sticker, a gold sticker. We laugh all the time. It's so much more aggressive yeah. than anything else said in that scene. Now, that movie does also feature the the female member of Griff's gang in the future who goes, you got no scrote? That's a great one, too. We say it all the time. We do. Now, that is a phrase that- you ain't got the scrote. Scrappy-Doo says it in the Scooby-Doo <laughs> movie. He goes, you don't have the scrote to lead this gang. Puppy power. Anyway, the point is. I'm as cute as Powerpuff. Oh, that's great. I don't do a good Scrappy Doo, guys. I could tell, but I've it's got fine. a little bubble in my throat. I got a penny in my pocket. But yeah, we could sit here for ages naming all the ones in the Back to the Future movies, but those are a couple. Back to the Future 2 has got some good ones. Yeah, because Back to the Future 2 was the craziest one. Definitely. Back to the Future 3 is a really great, almost down-to-earth version of Back to the Future. There's not that much shit going on. That one on. could be like a standalone film. 
I mean, I, honestly, I love Back to the Future. It's very underrated, Back to the Future I 3. just have some issues with Back to the Future 3 unrelated to the movie, just solely related to the viewing experience. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. We all remember. That's a story for another day, folks. I have an, I also have a story about a somewhat unpleasant viewing of Back to the Future 3, but we don't, I don't, that's not, that's not polite for Story for another day. Yeah. Story of my life. Always doomed to fail. Cheated Up by next, a fox, Swallowed by a whale. We have um, the from the life. Lego movie, yes, oh. Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, there's a great... Abraham Lincoln, I believe, only has one line in the Lego movie. Maybe he says another one at some point. But it's when everyone is mad because Emmett has messed up his speech. Abraham Lincoln goes, A house divided against itself would be better than this. And then his chair has little rockets <laughs> and he flies away. And he's voiced by Will Forte, who, of course played Abraham Lincoln on Clone High, which the internet is obsessed with again, thank God, because that show is perfect. Um, and of course, that show was created by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who wrote the Lego movie. So, And also, we're producers on Into the Spider-Verse and are very talented people. Good, they did How I Met Your Mother. Know. They did 21 Jump Street. Great guys. Anyway, Molly, do you want to tell them about that guy from Hercules, that weird little guy from Hercules? I don't remember that as much as you do. You don't remember? Do. Oh, it's when they're going to uh, the big city and it's just to represent like the weirdness of being in a big city. A guy in a trench coat walks up to Hercules and goes, you want to buy a sundial? <laughs> and then he opens up his coat and he has a, a bunch of like, he's selling fake watches. Oh, yeah, I do like that. I don't remember that as well you as you do. Remember. Like I can't picture him. He's like a weird little guy. Cute. Anyway. Um, I also don't remember the next one. You don't remember that in Moana there's okay. In Moana, there's like a montage of her, being good with people at the beginning and she's teaching like a dance class almost and then a little boy begins aggressively dancing at her and doing like a kissy face and he's got like one eyebrow up and the way the kid is animated is so hilarious and molly does not remember this boy i've only seen moana once moana i love the way her grandma says moana at the end of the movie when she's uh, a big spirit manta ray she goes moana it's perfect <laughs> It's during the song. It's oh, I don't want to talk about it. Oh crap! Um, I do remember the next one. Oh, so good. from the movie Aladdin, um, I said I really like the two little kids that um, Aladdin gives his bread to because I they're adorable and I love when Abu is really hesitant to give him his bread and he's like <laughs> and he's making this like little yeah. face, but then he feels bad and he like walks over to them and gives them the bread. And then they hug him and it's cute. Um, and then Danny said, which is another great point from this movie. Um, I don't know how to say his name. Prince. Oh, oh, Prince Ahmed? Yes. Who is riding a horse, but it's, okay, so first of all, he is the guy who is upset because Raja the tiger has ripped his uh, underwear, or ripped his pants to reveal yes. his underwear. Yet Raja is holding in his mouth fabric with the pattern of the underwear on it. Not important. So, we didn't see the front of him. No, might have taken it off the crotch. Point is, he... He says a line which will live with me forever, which is, you were born a street rat, you'll die a street rat, and only your fleas will mourn you. And then, of course, Aladdin's uh, comment is, look at that, Abu. It's not every day you see a horse with two rear ends. That's a good one. Yeah. Anyway, I love I love that guy. He talks like Captain Hook for no reason. I don't think he sounds as I much. Never been I think so you're playing him like Captain it's Hook. I don't book. think he sounds like him. It's not Captain Hook because it's a little more nasally. It's, you know, you were born a street rat. You're doing you're way too much. I'm going to look Hulk. up I'm going to look up the guy saying it. 
Go, read the next one. All right. One. The next one is, oh, oh, I'll skip that one and you can go to that one. Okay. Um, so the next one is the stick woman from Mamma Mia. So in Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia, here we go again. There's this woman who is just carrying piles of sticks above her head for whatever reason. Okay. And during the song Dancing Queen, she is liberated by Meryl Streep. I'm going to play this clip directly into the microphone because I don't want to connect my phone. Fine. And you're going to hear, this begins with, Another suitor for the princess. For the princess. <laughs> Tell me if... Out of my way, Hey, if I were as rich as you, I could afford some manners. I'll teach you some manners. I don't hear it. Look at that, Abu. It's not every day you see a horse with two rear ends. And then here he says, You are a worthless street rat. You were born a street rat. You'll die a street rat. And only your fleas will mourn you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, not as no, Captain he, Hook as you made literally it. Literally, Cory Burton. You're you're a fool and a monster. Anyway. The woman from Mamma Mia. She's liberated by Meryl Streep during Dancing Queen, and then again in the second movie, re-liberated by the whole gang singing yeah. Dancing Queen, and she takes the sticks she's carrying, and she just so triumphantly yeah. throws them off her shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Another um, one that I, this one almost bothers me, but I love it, is in Return of the Jedi, one of the Imperial officers, who I believe does recur throughout the movie as an Imperial officer, but this is the only dialogue of his I can recall off the dome. He goes, it's an older code, sir, but it checks out. Which is so weird. Like, what does that mean? Because it's the the gang, you know, Luke, Leia, Han, Chewbacca, and yeah, C-3PO. We've they're trying to, and R2-D2, they're trying to get past a Star Destroyer and land on Endor. So they send over a code to land. And he goes, it's an older code, sir, but it checks out. Which is so weird because it implies that they change the code like every once in a while. But that if you have a late code, it doesn't expire for like another day. It's like the sell-by date on food. Well, maybe it's like they couldn't change it till you come back and like he's been gone for a while. It's just weird. It's like it would be like, you know, it's like, look, this bread expired two days ago. But we can, you know, it's fine. But like with the security of the Death Star. Well, clearly they weren't that secure. They let it blow up. I mean, Palpatine seems to imply that he was assuming they would somehow get onto Endor in the first place because he sets a trap. My best man is a trap down there. It's a trap. Um, it's a trap. Mama Mia two. Um, here we go again. Yeah. Um, there's the passport guy. Um, yes. which he's he's a little borderline because he shows up a few times. Shows up twice. But uh, he he shows up three times. A lady. Yes. Once, twice, three times. I knew a lady. what you were doing. Yeah, okay. Um, and he's fun. He's like. He likes to check out people's passport photos and, and it make fun of them. It doesn't mean that she was fooling because she knew what I was doing when she told me how to walk this way. Yeah. Sorry. Is that worth interrupting you? No. No, it wasn't. Um, no. Can you say the line? Oh, uh, <laughs> time has been most unkind to you, sir. <laughs> I can't do a Greek, so I just am doing, like, Russian. <laughs> He's fun. We like him. Time has aged you like a fine wine. Oh, and he, oh, and Colin <laughs> first shows up. This is coherent. Yeah, yeah, making sense. Um, uh, making sense from Spider-Man. My favorite. Oh, I love to it. be it's, argued. Maybe everyone's favorite. It's at the end of the first Spider-Man movie, two thousand two. Uh, Sam Raimi directed, Tobey Maguire starring as Spider-Man. When the Green Goblin is about to kill Spider-Man, and the New Yorkers all band together and they throw garbage at the Green Goblin, and somebody goes, "Leave Spidey alone!" and then uh, fucking. <laughs> What's his name? David DeLuise from Wizards of Waverly Place goes, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. 
<laughs> and the New Yorkers start cheering and clapping for Spider-Man. Love it. Great one. You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. That's one that definitely comes up a lot. We also love um, the woman singing in Spider-Man mm. 2. Um, the lady with the violin, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Does she's like plucking at a violin? Where have you gone to, Spider Man? It's so off key, and then she's like, spins a web. <laughs> she, but she also transitions us into the montage of newspapers saying Spider Man has disappeared. Where have you gone to, Spider Man? It's great. Good one. That lady deserves a little medal. She gets a gold star. She does. Yeah, really. Any of the uh, the Sam Raimi movies of Spider Man are chock full of these, and some of them are just Bruce Campbell in a different outfit. Like he's a French waiter in the third one. Uh, he's the guy at the door who won't let Spider Man in after the show has started. In the first one, he's the guy who goes, "The Human Spider." That's a terrible name, and then introduces Spider Man as if that's a better name. And then, <laughs> I mean, I guess people can't be wrong. I mean, everybody loves Spider-Man. Spider yeah, it's hard to sing. The human spider, the human spider does whatever the human spider. Hello, human fly here. <laughs> I stayed up all night dyeing my underwear. That's from a Simpsons episode. It's when Homer that. and the B-Sharps are on the roof singing Baby on Board and everyone's like, look up there. And then there's a guy in a superhero costume climbing <laughs> a skyscraper and he goes, hello, human fly over here. <laughs> Because they're all looking at the band. Oh, and then George Harrison drives by and looks at them singing on the roof and he goes, it's been done. And he drives <laughs> away. Um, up next, we have in the movie Scream, uh, there's like in oh. the background, <laughs> there's a janitor and he looks like Freddy Krueger. Yeah. He's played by the director, Wes Craven. And it's hysterical. It's, yeah. There's like, Freddy, go home. Fred, Henry Winkler is scared because he heard a noise. And then he goes like, Freddy, what are you doing? <laughs> and then a guy looks up in like a cartoon version of the Freddy Krueger outfit and goes, oh, oh. <laughs> he leaves. And it's um, that was actually added into the movie in reshoots because they thought there was too long of a period in the movie where nobody died. <laughs> so they were like, oh, let's do like a spooky scene at the high school with Henry Winkler. Because <laughs> otherwise Henry Winkler's just in this movie for no reason. <laughs> God, Scream He might have so made good. the list then. We should watch Scream again. We should. Tonight. Let's go. Santa's and coming the tonight, tonight. Um, mm. Next. Oh, Emperor's New Groove, Molly. Emperor's New Groove. Fantastic. A classic. It's uh, There's there's a scene at the end where they're throwing all the potions that turn people into animals. And Yzma is yelling at the guards and she tells them, you know, get him. And then one of them goes, uh, excuse me, I've been turned into a cow. Can I go home? She goes, you're excused. <laughs> Anyone else? And they'll go, no, no, we're good. Love that. That's a classic. Oh, the best is when they're chasing them down this river, and it's like just a, basically like a hole that leads outside of the temple. And one of the guards, who I swear is voiced by Jess Harnell, I have no confirmation on this, but it sounds just like him. He goes, Come on, men. Nobody lives forever. And he's like an iguana. <laughs> he's like a lizard. Nobody lives forever. And then they all just jump to their death. What a great film. A great film. Oh, I love, love it. I finally got my Lama Cusco Funko, everyone. I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Had to share it. Lama Cusco Funko. It's her vocal warm-up. Next we have, in the first Shrek, when uh -huh. um, Shrek gets to, to Duloc, yeah. um, there is a guy with like a giant Lord Farquaad head. Yeah. And Shrek calls out to him, and then he like runs away and he is running through the, like, the turnstiles, and then everything falls over. It's the fun. velvet ropes. And then Shrek just walks through the velvet ropes. But it's just the way the guy is like panicked and just screaming in his giant Lord Farquaad head. What a great guy. Not really an extra, but you know. But funny. Yeah. Um. We also have Kyle. Oh, in Shrek 2, there's a part in the song, the fairy godmother sings a song to Fiona about how great her life will be. 
And she mentions that she will have a sexy coach driver named Kyle. And then the coach turns around and there's a guy in a black like medieval outfit with the word Kyle bedazzled on his chest. He's just lying there like he's in a Playboy issue. And then he like dances with the fairy godmother for the rest of the song. And in my phone as uh, as Rudolfo's contact picture, I have Kyle lying on the bench. Very sexy. So uh, in the movie Spinal Tap, Billy Crystal appears in the film. Just as a mime who's part of a catering company, he doesn't really do any jokes as Billy Crystal. He just kind of is there and says like two things. Oh, well. One of my personal favorites, which I've talked about before. Yeah. Um, in the Impractical Jokers movie, just in the background at a table, eating dinner with a bunch of people is Will Ferrell. It doesn't focus on him. He doesn't say anything. He's just a background extra eating dinner at a table. He could have he could have been any Joe Schmo on the street, but it was Will fucking Farrell on the street. Yeah. So will you do me a favor? Will you read the next one, Molly? <laughs> okay, wait. So this is um from the live action Grinch movie um, with Jim Carrey. This is in the very beginning when the kids are climbing up Mount Crumpet. Um, Stu Lou's son, um, Cindy Lou's brother, is going to touch the door for the um for the Grinch's home, and his girlfriend goes. <laughs> Touch the door, Stu. <laughs> Do it for me, Stu. I and have, it's so creepy and weird. I have no recollection of this, but Molly swears it's a very memorable. It's just extra. the way she says, she's like, touch the door, Stu. It's to so me, creepy. To me, all the memorable moments in The Grinch are things Jim Carrey says that it feels like no one was paying attention to and they just let him do it into the movie. So like, you know, you two are still living or like, you know, no child can beat The Grinch. Yeah, I see why that would overshadow this. Yeah. Like, all my <laughs> memories of the Grinch are weird things he says. You know. This isn't one that I think makes the movie, but it is the one that might weird me out the most. Mistletoe. So pucker up and kiss it, Whoville. <laughs> I can't even make that noise he makes. Next, from the Simpsons movie. Oh, in the Simpsons movie. This is a weird one. It's there's uh, They're showing you how Springfield is trying to cope with being under a dome. And there's a book club. And the character Cookie Kwan says something to the effect of, We've been reading Tuesdays with Maury over and over again. And then Lindsay Nagel, who's a relatively minor Simpsons character, and this is her only line in the movie. She goes, you're the five people I'm going to meet in hell, which is a reference to the fact that after Tuesdays with Maury, the same author, Mitch Album, wrote a book called The Five People You Meet in Heaven. She goes, you're the five people I'm going to meet in hell. So already it's a joke for no one. I was going to say, this is like Danny's one of the only people who ever got this. Yeah. And then she, well, I'm sure people get it, like if you Google it, mm. but like it's just a weird reference to go for. So then she chucks the, like these books were popular in the 90s, I'd like to be clear. She chucks the book out the window and then it knocks over the coffee pot at the AA meeting. Barney screams, we're out of coffee. And then Springfield descends into chaos. But I just love the line, you're the five people I'm going to meet in hell. <laughs> and I say that to my family quite often. That he does, and it's accurate. Yeah. Um, we have from the fabulous movie, The Incredibles. Oh. Danny, can you do it? You didn't save my life. You ruined my death. That's when Mr. Incredible saves the man from trying to kill himself. A man who sounds suspiciously like Linguini from Ratatouille. Mm. He says he has two lines in the movie. He, I believe his name is Mr. Sansweet. He goes, I think you broke something. And then later he goes, you didn't save my life. You ruined my death. He is the voice of Linguini is, of course, uh, Lou Romano, the voice of... Uh, Bernie, as in, don't Bernie me. Another guy on our list. Yeah, another classic. Another gem of a man. Um, we can we can skip. So, oh, no. We no, can't we skip can't this skip one. This, one. this is my favorite, and it's probably 
our our dear friend Becky, the Muppet hater. This is probably her favorite. She does love this one. This is a character who only has one line in all four Toy Story movies. He's a shark. I think he's got more than one. I believe his only line, if I remember correctly, the only time he talks, he goes, I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. 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 And he wears Woody's little cowboy hat. It's that little shark guy. Yeah. I don't know if he has a name. And then Woody goes, ha, ha. Um, We have Mr. Narwhal from Elf. A classic. Hi, buddy. I hope you find your dad. A classic. Um, We can skip that next one. Oh, this one is This one we have to do. We watched all the Halloween movies this year. As you know. Big Halloween. I read a whole book about the making of Halloween. Love it. Love it. Halloween 6, a controversial movie because it's not that good. Um, starring Paul Rudd. Starring a very young, very creepy Paul Rudd. He's playing like a he's playing like a crazy guy. Yeah. He's playing someone He's playing talks. Tommy. He's Tommy Wallace. I saw him when I was only eight years old. He does like a Dr. Loomis voice though. Yeah, he's being a creep. But he runs into this little girl. Yeah. And this little girl, she says the same thing in both versions of the movie. In the producer's cut, which is the original version, she's singing it. In the version that went to theaters which is just called Halloween 6. Well, it's actually called Halloween the Curse of Michael Myers, but whatever. She's just saying the words to the song. Yeah. So the song is, Mommy, it's raining. It's raining red. Mommy, it's raining. It's raining red. And then Paul Rudd walks around a corner and sees this little girl with blood dripping on her, and she goes, it's warm. Like it's a commercial jingle that ends on something. Yeah, and it's like as though the song Mommy, It's Raining Red was from something, but it wasn't. But it's that's a weird fucking movie, but that might be one of the weirdest parts. What's even weirder is that when they were editing the movie to release it to theaters, they said, this little girl can't be singing. She has to say this. So then in the, the theatrical version, she goes, Mommy, it's raining. It's raining red. It's warm. Yeah. Like she's saying, Mommy, it's raining red repeatedly very weird and why wouldn't she look up and see the dead body that's what i want to know um next we have ben tramer from halloween who we never really get to meet he doesn't i wonder if he counts for this because he all of his dialogue is said by other people but it's funny like it is funny in the first movie i think annie is the one who's saying it um She's she's talking to Lori about how she called Ben Tramer and Ben Tramer said he would go on a date with Lori and Lori is insisting that she can't go on a date with him. In Halloween 2, we see Ben Tramer briefly. He is dressed in a Michael Myers Halloween costume, but with blonde hair. And then he gets hit by a car and explodes for some reason. The person driving the car doesn't die. No, but he explodes because Loomis is trying to shoot him. So he's trying to kind of get out of the way. Yeah, and so then Ben Tramer's burnt husk of a body is identified as not michael myers because he's 17 um which is the way they find it out is weird they don't look at the body and go well this is clearly the body of a teenager and not a 20 year old man dental records you think it's dental records but what they actually say in the movie is this boy has no fillings he's 17 as if in the 70s when you turned 18 they would just fill your mouth full of metal (laughs) or like i wish there was a line where dr loomis went like michael myers has terrible teeth they're full (laughs) of metal like you know or something but no. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, you got to talk about this one. I don't know who this is. Yes, you do. No. The, the purse snatcher in Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh, um, I thought I was down one. Oh. <laughs> you can talk about the purse snatcher. Well, there's a purse purse snatcher in Muppets Take Manhattan that takes Miss Piggy's purse. Yeah. And it leads to the funniest scene in cinema history. Miss Piggy on roller skates is a goddamn gem of a scene in a movie. It's um, so horrible. It's a little person on roller skates in a Miss Piggy suit. Yeah. 
slash them throwing him as Piggy Doll at this poor actor. And the guy playing the purse snatcher, his whole bit is that he's just like a chill guy. Yeah. And when he unpacks her purse, it's like weird stuff in there. It's like a blow dryer and, you know. He's got a cute little bit. Yeah. Um. So he's fun. Our next one is Cliff from Home Alone 2. Um, he is just kind of there. I don't know who he's supposed to be. He kind of just joins the gang when they start chasing Kevin for the stolen credit card. Maybe he's supposed to be security, security I guess. He's got like a little security he's guard. He's super now. old, though. And he's this very old man who joins Tim Curry and the hotel staff in trying to catch Kevin. Yeah, so when they're in the room and Kevin's playing the movie and it's like, you've been smooching with everyone, like yeah. little Mo with the gimpy leg. And then he's like, and Cliff. And Cliff like looks with his shocked face and looks at Tim Curry and he's like, it's it's not true, I swear. And <laughs> I, I really like him. It's his, just very his, well played. His face is perfect. Um, Next, Daniel? Uh, let's see. Next, we have, of course, this one got ruined over time. Well, not ruined, but it's it's been expanded over time. So in the first Iron Man movie, Jeff Bridges yells my favorite line in any movie, which is, Tony Stark built this in a cave with a box of scraps. And then the scientist he's yelling at responds very timidly, well, I'm not Tony Stark. That actor, of course, plays Ralphie in A Christmas Story. But now they have brought that character back in Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. And that character uh, has like a whole bit and is like now a main character. So it's not really an extra anymore. But at the time, it was, you know, he was even smaller than his role as Ming Ming in, uh, in Elf. It's a cameo he does in that first Iron Man movie. He is a producer on the first Iron Man, I think. It's odd. Anyway. Um, next we have from Austin Powers, oh. um, the security guard who gets yeah, run over by a steamroller. By the, he's played by the voice of Gandhi from, uh, Clone High. He was on Mad TV. I think his name is M Michael McDonald, or is that the singer? I'm old. <laughs> Gross. There's so many of these, Molly. This list is way it's, too long. Well, all right. Well, you didn't even explain who he was or why it was funny. That he's been run over by a steamroller? I think that's pretty funny on its own. He just plays the scene very well. And there's so... He had to scream no so many times for this stupid joke. I love it. But um, you all know I love Austin Powers and would do anything for Mike Myers if he asked. He would. Um, I have a couple from the movie Monsters, Inc. I'll just kind of say them together. Um, there's this one guy who... Randall's like, what's going on here? Or maybe it's Celia. I'm pretty sure it's Randall. And then this little guy walks by and he's like, they're rehearsing a company play. And I just, I really like the way he says it. It's so young and innocent. Then there's the baby monster who bites Mike Wazowski. And yeah. we like the, the fear and evilness in his eyes when he bites him. And then, and Danny's favorite, um, when Randall is going through all the different doors and they're they're traveling yeah. in that big scene at the end. No, it's at the end. They throw him into a door <gasps> oh, and that is shred that. it. You're they right. throw Randall into a door and then they destroy the door. Uh, and where Randall gets stuck, there's a guy who screams like, Ma, there's a gator in the house. And she goes, kill it. <laughs> and they're just, they're just, they're going to beat Randall until he's dead. They it's are. very funny. You can pick where we pick up next, Danny, since okay, you've determined the list as too I long. just think there's too many. Sorry, um, well, maybe if we ain't bullshit for 20 minutes first. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, of course we have, there's a great Looney Tunes cartoon where Bugs Bunny believes he is, it, Bugs Bunny is like playing like he's dying because uh, Yosemite Sam is chasing him. And Bugs Bunny goes, is there a doctor in the house? And then an animated silhouette of a guy stands up. Uh, because you would have watched the Looney Tunes cartoons in a theater, so if you were sitting a few rows back, it would have looked like a human man stood up in front of the screen. A guy stands up and he goes, I'm a doctor, and then Yosemite Sam shoots him. And I think a lot about just, I'm a doctor. There's also <laughs> a Bugs Bunny cartoon where there's a guy coughing in the distance, and Bugs Bunny just turns around and shoots him with a gun. 
A lot of Looney Tunes cartoons just kill a guy. Pretty violent. But these are like like that's a memorable like one line character from a Looney Tunes, and I feel like they've. Maybe they did that joke more than once in those old cartoons. Yeah, a nice recurring bit that you could count on. Like you how like they all those. do that endearing young charms joke. One of my favorites is um, the in so in the movie Hocus Pocus, uh, it's it's a really good bit. Honestly, this guy doesn't get enough credit. The kids are freaking out because now they've escaped from the Sanderson sisters. They have the book. Um, or maybe this is before they get the book. No, yeah, they have the book. They run away, and um, they run up to this cop that they see, and they're like, we've been chased by the Sanderson sisters. Like, they came back from the dead because my brother lit the candle, blah, blah, and they're freaking out to this cop, and this cop, like, starts yelling at them and, you know, tells them to get out of there and not play these pranks and all this stuff, and then this woman comes up to him at the end and is like, what was that all about, honey? And he's like, those kids thought I was a real cop. And it's just a guy <laughs> who was dressed up as a cop for Halloween. And I great, really yeah. enjoy that bit. Quality guy, doesn't get enough credit. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of things like that that don't, again, a perfect little flute. Yeah. Melting over a wonderful man. That's not the most memorable part of Hocus Pocus for a lot of people, but I think it's a great bit. Yeah. So, what's that? Um, I don't know if this is one, but I really like the guy in Greece too, yeah. who sings, Where does the pollen go? But I haven't seen the movie enough to know if he's one of the main guys. I believe it's just a guy who's in that. I don't think one of the main guys is doing that. I'd like to say not. Either way, that's a good bit. Yeah. Um, in Batman and Robin, there is a scene where they're they're doing like a bachelor auction but all the women are like plant themed, right? So, uh, I mean, usually a bachelor auction is like famous people will like, you know, I'll go on a date with you and then you bid like a hundred bucks. Or mm-hmm. Anyway, I probably more than a hundred bucks if you're going to go on a date with Tom Cruise. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Point is, it's a bachelorette at auction with all these plant themed ladies. And there's a guy in the crowd, the crowd, <clears throat> who goes, and I bid 5000 for the lovely Magnolia. But what's weird about him is that he looks exactly like J. Jonah Jameson. He has a flat white top, uh, flat top white hair. He's got a mustache and he's holding a cigar while <laughs> screaming about an amount of money. And it's just the lovely Magnolia is uh, very good for me. I, love I like it. your impression of it. Thank you. I'm I think sure you do a pretty good one. I'm not, not f- that familiar. No. That's right before uh, Poison Ivy comes on stage to an instrumental version of the coaster song Poison Ivy. Um, and then yeah. she says... You get everything you see here and everything you don't. Because Uma Thurman is doing the weirdest voice in that movie. First, we rid ourselves of the furred and feathered pests. Then, Gotham is mine for the greening. Like, what is her... She's just... I love her. She's great. She's doing a great job. She's better than Arnold. But, like... (laughs) Like, her performance is just, I'm going to do this the craziest I can. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger is like, I don't really care. Which, honestly, good for her, because there was really no other way to play that. Oh, there's a If it was going to be this weird of a movie, you had to just go for it. That scene also has, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger freezing the party guests, and just each time he shoots the gun going, jail, jail, jail. And then the worst dialogue in any movie. My friend Chitty and I agree, this is the worst part of the movie. He walks up to Poison Ivy and he goes, let me guess. Plant lady, vine girl, mulch woman. He just goes on forever guessing <laughs> what her name is. Uh, uh, the hibiscus woman, uh, 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 flower garden lady. Like he just go- and then she just goes, it's poison ivy. And it's like, this is stupid. 
This is all stupid. Yeah, I definitely have only seen that movie all the way through once. I watched part of it when you watched it recently, and I realized I don't remember any of that film. Except when she kisses Robin, and he has the plastic plastic lips. lips. That's the only thing I remembered, and was one of the only scenes I saw again when I saw it. Great movie. Um, To go off of Batman, this isn't a bit... I don't really think she has anything that's funny that she particularly says. Yeah. But the fact that Drew Barrymore is just (laughs) one of... The background, like henchwoman for Two Face, is hysterical in, in because forever, yeah. she was famous at that time, yeah. and she's just back there. Like it's just you're like that kind of looks like Drew Barrymore, and then you're like, oh, it is. Like she, I believe, her only real dialogue is something to the effect of she describes what dinner she has prepared for Two Face, and it's like itty bitty quail eggs and blah blah blah. And then the other henchwoman, because Drew Barrymore's character is named Sugar, and the other one is named Spice, and it's very funny. And uh, and then she watches a Looney Tunes cartoon on TV. She says something to the Riddler at the party about like his mole, because he's wearing a fake mole to look like Val Kilmer. <laughs> and then she, she sticks a piece in the machine that makes the machine read Batman's mind. And then she's not in the rest of the movie. She's like a very minor, minor character. But it's not like focused on enough where it's like a cameo, you know? It's like yeah. she's just there. It's funny. I like that. She just did a bit in a Batman movie. She did. Yeah. Um, one of my know. favorites. It's not from a specific movie, but rather every version of A Christmas Carol is whenever Scrooge yeah. wakes up from his dream, he always yells out the window and he's like, "Little boy, what day is today?" And the kid is just like, "Today? Why? It's Christmas Day." I love. I love that so much. I say that all the time. We we kind of all do. I don't know you why. You that boy. What day is it? I love. I. It's well, it's such Christmas a great, Day. Um, I I love it so much. I love that in the Muppet version, that's Bean Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Becky, listening to this right now, shuddering at the thought of Bean Bunny, the Bunny <laughs> family picnic. Uh, but yeah, I I love that guy. I love things like that that are just kind of n- known as like weird little. Not pop culture, but just like catchphrases from literature. They're like, there's yeah. not that many of them, but there's little things like, um, I guess from Moby Dick, like a lot of that is now f- famous, you know, from Hell's Heart, I stab at thee, or like, call me Ishmael. Like, there's little lines from books that have just become, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times, which mm-hmm. is a tale of two cities. Like, just little things like that I and love. And today why it's Christmas Day is right up there with the rest of it. It absolutely is because it's just such a weirdly today, quotable moment. Oh, it's Christmas Day. The spirits have done it all in one night. Of course they can. They're spirits. They can do whatever they wish. Boy, that you know that. That's not them. a joke that a character delivers that's funny. I just love it. I think it's funny when the kid says it. And I don't know why. Every mm. one of them does it well. I love in, speaking of Christmas. I love in the Polar Express, there's the part where the kids are sneaking through (laughs) the facility and they see the elves finalizing the naughty and nice list. And there's a little boy who put gum in his sister's hair. (laughs) And they play a video clip of the little boy and the little boy goes, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't. Like they just repeat the clip. And then the elf goes, ah, it's Christmas Eve. We'll give him a break. And then they all get in the like monorail up to Santa's performance. And I just lately have been saying, I didn't do it. I didn't do it a lot. It's very distinctive to me. So A plus for that little kid, whoever he is, whose voice is now forever in a Christmas movie. Yeah, that's going to be cool. Unless like Tom Hanks is just secretly doing that voice too. I play everyone. (laughs) The Polar Express. That's my favorite impression Danny does. Is screaming. I I can't do Tom Hanks, but I can do Tom Hanks screaming, this is the Polar Express. Do you have uh, any other ones on the list that you want to point out? Let me just look at the list real quick. 
Um, uh, no, I think we're I think we're pretty good. I think these all are. Right, then let me let me list. sink it with my favorite of you all time. Sink this putt? Gonna sink this putt, ladies and gentlemen. My favorite side character. And and he comes in a pair with another very good little background character. Um, he goes by the name of Melvin Dew. Yeah. In the movie mm. Scooby Doo. Um, you may have heard of it. It's uh the live action Scooby Doo movie starring Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard. Um, and Linda Cardellini, and oh my God, I'm going to blank on her name, Sarah, um, Sarah Michelle Geller. Michelle Geller. I couldn't think of the middle name. Um, starring all of them, and the guy who plays Mr. Bean, um, Rowan Atkinson. Danny with the names right now. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So starring all of them, um, there's this guy, um, Melvin Dew, and I love him. So there's another guy who's a little background character. He's he's a good one. He's like, um, I got a phone call for a hmm. Mr. Dew, and then this like teenage guy stands up and he's like melvin do and then the guy's like nah scooby <laughs> and what's great is at the very end of the movie Aww. the climax of the play there's a part where the giant monster scrappy Doo says like i need the soul of scooby Doo," and then scooby goes you mean melvin do <laughs> Don't you mean Melvin knew? And that is my favorite callback because that means yeah. it meant just as much to Scooby as it did to me when this Melvin, Melvin do. do. He's just, uh, it's just the way he says it. He's such like a beach teen in a, in, in a t- early 2000s yeah. movie. He's got like the Hawaiian shirt on and he's so dumb. He's just like, Melvin do? And I love him. So he's my favorite little background guy. Yeah. He a ten out of ten to him. He's my He's Instagram great. bio. Is don't you mean Melvin Dew? My second, my second favorite to Melvin Dew because that's the best one. I I won't dispute. Thank you. The second best I think would be in Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed, and it's only the second best because it it's the joke is Scooby's honor. Like he's Scooby gets the punchline, so it's not really the other people. Yeah. Melvin Dew is a joke in and of itself. <laughs> but these people are a second, which is they go to. Um, old man wickle's house and there's a trap that if you ring the doorbell you get sucked down into this like horrible uh, ball like trap right so once scooby and the gang get down there they see other people who have rung the doorbell and been sent up <laughs> so it's people who would ring the doorbell so it's girl scouts and it's jehovah's witnesses with uh with books um and the Je- so the girl scouts are like hi there we were selling cookies and we got trapped down here and then the Jehovah's Witnesses go to Scooby and Shaggy. They say, have you heard the good news? And they hold up the Bible. And Scooby goes, yeah, there's cookies. <laughs> um, which uh, is such a stupid. That. But that's, you know, that's But the, the punchline goes to Scooby. The punchline is Which, to be fair, the better of the punchlines of the Melvin Dew joke also goes to Scooby. But yeah. he's referencing my main man, it's a Melvin callback. Dew. It's a callback to a joke that is so great. Nah, Scooby. <laughs> I love the way he's like... The way you say it is the way the way Ronaldo talks. Nah, it's Scooby. Actually, I was kind of in my I was doing an impression of that man, but yeah. I was kind of doing an impression of John Mulaney in oh. the first half of Oh Hello doing an impression of yeah. that man. Nah. Uh, Scooby. It's like, you know, it's like, <laughs> nah, Melvin, not you, buddy. I know you. Yeah. It's some guy named Scooby, but he does it all with just the words, nah, you're Scooby. Really, you're really John Mulaneying it up over there with the hands and everything. He is channeling through me. Yeah. Oh, John. Oh, Calvin. Not a real song. So, 
You have, yeah. a good, you have a good time? I had a good time. Do we ask them questions at the end or something? How yeah, we tell you to tweet us and none of you ever fucking do. Um, you know, they don't have to. I'm yelling at them. I don't like the tweets. Otherwise, I'm not motivated to, to get on the Twitter and, and do the tweeting. So you can tweet us your favorite background characters in movies that we missed. Or if you like some of the ones that we've shared, please share your support for them. Hashtag yeah. Melvin do. Um, or... If you never noticed any of the ones we brought up before, which like you probably did, unless you're yeah. blind. I mean, really go check out that wallet guy. You. You're right. I apologize. Yeah, but you could be blind. Like that's that's, yeah, that's still, a fact. I mean, yeah, I mean anyone could be blind. Yeah, I could be. No one would know. No one would know. I've anyway, before that tweet I'm a us. It would be hard to. With your favorite background characters, what did you get for Christmas? Anything cool that would be relevant to us that we'd find cool? Is anyone else out there collecting Whoopi Goldberg merch? If so, give us your address so Danny can steal your Whoopi Goldberg merch. I also did, our our dear sweet brother gave me a Whoopi Goldberg t-shirt with just various various photos of Whoopi from over the years. I love it. It fits me like a, it just fits so nice. Looks pretty good on Danny. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, Let us know. If you're liking this show, you know, let, write us a review, give us a rating, okay. follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You've gone on, or you can send us an email. We like emails. Yeah, and we that, like folks, an is nice. the pants are too tight. Tune was, in next yeah. time when Danny... when you'll hear Daddy say <laughs> raspberry beret. What do you want to fade out over? We got to pick music. Um, Scooby Doo. We talked about. There's, no. there's got to be one. I mean, uh, we could do the, the Starfish and Coffee song. No, let's um, fade out over. Where the... does the pollen go? Where does go? the pollen go? We've already, I believe we've already faded out over reproduction. Have we? From Grease 2. Yeah, I believe so. <sighs> let's do the, the the movie version of the Scooby-Doo song where they have Shaggy do the breakdown. Once again, I'm on a da 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 What about that woman singing Spider-Man? Spide. Oh, that's better. Yeah. We'll yeah. do that. We'll do that. All where right. have you gone to Spider-Man? Well, thanks for joining us, folks. I'll see you in hell. Oh, no, wait. We decided our new sign-off in our Christmas special. We decided the new sign-off would be, the sun is bright, the powder's bitching <laughs> from the Grinch. Oh, yeah. Let's see how long we can All right, let's to that. see, let's see. All right, let's do it. Let's do it together. All oh, right, we're doing so, it in harmony. Wait. So I'm Molly. I'm Danny. This has been The Pants Are Too Tight. And remember, the, the sun, sun is bright and, and the powder's bitching. <laughs> Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. It spins away.